I remember heading towards the sacristy, mortal anger promising divine justice, but stopped at the door by old Father Prester. The firmness of his hands upon my shoulders blind his age. His eyes were cold. His lips were a thick crevice in a face full of creases. Go back to what you were doing, he said. This is none of your business, he said. I will handle this, he said. And I remember turning away from the screams as I obeyed the church, my naivety condemning my soul, my morals bartered for venal favors. My name is Matthew, said the beggar. They sent me to find you. You are to be my confessor. Matthew, a hundred lessons from seminary flashed through my mind. Matthew come Levi, apostle of Christ, martyred for converting the king of the city of man-eaters to the true path. Matthew ascended into heaven, the gospel. But it was a combination of the words, the formation of the sentence that confused me. Matthew, they, confessor. I was not prepared for this man's pain. Listen, my son, drink my coffee. I can provide you with food and directions to wherever you can, get a shower and clean clothes. But as far as being a confessor, I'm out of that business for now. He set the coffee down and gripped my hands. You haven't a choice. It's you they told me to search for. They gave me three questions that only one would answer, could answer. That one, they said, was to be my confessor. He squeezed my fingers painfully. I must have a confessor to continue. Please, sir, you must help me. You are to be my confessor. I pried his hands away from my own. But you've only asked me two questions. How do you know it's me? His eyes crossed and uncrossed. I winced when he hit himself in the side of the head three times. Yes, yes, of course, the third question. You must forgive me. I've been searching everywhere since our Lord's birthday, searching everywhere but finding nothing except hatred and apathy. Now I have found someone who understands. I have found you and must ask you the third question. I'm ready to make you mine, as the shrove said, ready to be shriven. Excitement, fear, and determination pulsed through the permanence of the man's sorrow. He sat straighter, then asked the third question. What is the sound of flesh burning? I jerked back as a thousand nightmares carried me back to the original event. I knew the answer, had relived that sound a thousand sleepless times. The snaps as the fatty juices burst through skin, the pops, the sound of skin blistering before it boils to liquid. It sounds like popcorn, I said. And it all came back in a rush. I was ten. The day was cold and crisp, but the sun was shining. Only the edges of the lawn and a few hidden spots beneath the azalea bushes still held snow from yesterday. This was the south, after all, and snow rarely lasted. I had been stuck in the house all morning while my mother made me a new suit. Every year it was the same fight with me fidgeting and wanting to run with my best friend Big Red, my mom pinning me in place as she adjusted and readjusted the woolen fabric. Finally, it was to the motorized lull of the sewing machine that I shot out the door and into the yard. The ground rattled as I ran through a thickness of dead leaves. Their hues... Orange, yellow, green, and brown, each crisp in its death. I called out to my dog to join me. I called for ten minutes, fifteen. Worried, I ran to the window of my mother's sewing room, but she hadn't heard me. Across the street, Mr. Jenks stared at me. He tended to a burning pile of leaves, only occasionally stirring with a long rake. I wasn't allowed across the street, or to speak with Mr. Jenks, especially since he shot Big Red with a twenty-two rifle last year, claiming my Irish setter had gotten into his chickens. My mother was fond of saying Mr. Jenks was bad news all around. I walked to the edge of our property, my toes touching the road. I looked back and could still see Mom through the window, busy. Uh, you seen my dog, Mr. Jenks? You seen Big Red? Instead of answering, he grinned. 
Mr. Jenks, you hear me? He wouldn't answer. So I looked both ways and took one long step into the road. I asked him again, and still he ignored me. It was then that I noticed the peculiar redness in the pile of orange and yellow leaves, the odd contour. I let my feet propel me closer until I could hear a noise, like the sound of a steak on the grill when the fat drops into the coals. I smelled a sweetness that was at once strange and well-known. I got close enough to see the last of the red hair spark off the skin of my best friend and to watch flesh bubble beneath, the sounds increasing as the flames became higher. Snap, pop, snap, snap. Yes, it sounds just like popcorn. They call themselves the Shrove. They came to me in my dreams and told me, explained that I could be shriven, freed from my guilt. I had to follow the way of the apostles, they said. I had to be as Jesus, they said. I had to save the world, they said. We left the Café en Dauphin and turned left. It was hard to follow.